So, today, everybody good? Praise the Lord. All right, we're going to have a good day. Uh, the title of the message today is Guidance Counselor. Uh, so I want you to turn your Bible, uh, the, the, the passage that we're going to kind of look at and then is kind of long, so if you'll get Exodus 18, 20, 13 through 24, um, and then we'll kind of roll from there. So we're going to talk about counseling today. Uh, it's certainly something that's prevalent and kind of part of our culture today. Uh, we've incorporated in our schools, our workplaces, and we've incorporated in our churches. Uh, you know, I can remember when I was in school many, many years ago. We won't say how many. Uh, so we had, in our high school, we did have a, a guidance counselor. We didn't have, but now they have them in elementary schools. Uh, you know, every kind of every walk of life, you have a guidance counselor. You can have them on your job. Uh, you can go and kind of get help. And they kind of call them HR, human resources, but they're giving counsel. Uh, I can remember, and I'm sure nobody has had this experience, I can remember trudging into the guidance counselor's office uh, and listening to her tell me what, should I, what I should do with my life. And so they take these aptitude tests that you take and, uh, and kind of figure out, well, this is what you need to do with your life. And eventually... The same word always pop, popped up. Starts with a P. Y'all know that word. It's called potential, right? Um, and so it, eventually, you know, we would work around to the fact that I wasn't living up to my uh, said potential. And so I would end up feeling like a failure because somehow, you know, I wasn't up to what she said the standard should be. Um, I'm not bitter about it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so... And while what she was saying the pr was true, the problem with that kind of counsel is it's according to the world system, right? Uh, you know, and it's still going on today. So in the process of learning how to shepherd people later in life, you know, I've seen a pattern develop. Uh, if, you, if you're discipling someone, you're basically counseling them, to, you know, with Scripture, right? Uh, if you've had, that, had the, pr the privilege of doing that, you know, you're going to walk through the lessons and whatever the topic is, uh, you know, in those 18 lessons, it's always going to come down at the end of that lesson. Are we going to trust God enough to do what we just talked about? Right. And, you know, we can give it the lip service of we're going to sure I finished the lesson. But then are we going to take that at, whenever you meet on the next day on your job or take it uh, in your home? Are you going to take that and actually walk it out and live it for people to see? Right. Um, you know, I've counseled a lot of people. I've received counseling, and I continue to do so. Uh, there's, when I'm here, then I'll go in Jay's office, and I, I get some kind of counseling, uh, whether I ask for it or not. So, um, but the truth is, you know, we all need it no matter where our walk of the Lord is, right? Uh, and what we're going to see today is very simple. The only true counsel is according to the Word of God and God's standards, not the world's. All right? So we got one verse of Scripture, and then we'll get into Exodus 18. Uh, this is kind of the... Where, I, where we want to jump off from. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. This is Psalm 73, 24. And afterward, receive me to glory. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you. I do pray as we study today, as uh, we get your word out and we try to see uh, the things that you want us to see, I pray that we have ears to hear. Not because I'm doing it or anybody else would be uh, sharing the message today, uh, but because it's your word. I pray that we approach it with the, um, the honor that it deserves. I pray we approach it uh, with the humility that it deserves, and I pray that we approach it with the attention that it deserves, because it's your word. I do pray uh, that your Holy Spirit would teach us. I pray that 
he would give us the ears to hear, that he would enlighten us and show us things from your word that we've never seen before. Uh, And I just really pray that we take this to heart today and we take it and we walk it out today that we don't uh, hear, you know, something and say, oh, that was was nice. And then we just live uh, the same way through the rest, you know, when we leave out of this building today. We want to apply it in a way that's pleasing to you. We love you. And all these things you ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. So, uh, Exodus 18, uh, 13 through 24. Uh, if you've got, your, you've got there, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, you know, we're going to get to that. It's, it's kind of lengthy, so it'll take us, you know, a couple of slides to get through it. But when you look at counsel, if you define it, it's advice given especially as a result of consultation. Uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, you will ask for it, and sometimes you won't, right? Um, so let's look at the first mention of it in Exodus 18. Uh, if you know the story, um, Moses has got his hands full. He's, they're coming to him every day, wanting him to judge the people with all the matters that uh, they bring to him. And this was something that God had told him to do. Uh, so verse 13, it says, It came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, this is Jethro, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, Such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers over thousands and rulers over hundreds, rulers over fifties and rulers over tens. And let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and thou shalt bear the burden, they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. So as I mentioned, this is the first kind of this is the first time counsel is mentioned in the Bible. And it's interesting when you read this at first glance, what Jethro tells Moses to do makes perfect sense, right? We delegate responsibility, we, you know, we take some of the load off ourselves. Um, good good advice, you would say. But if you read carefully, you see the basis of what we are supposed to do when we receive counsel from anyone. Look at verse 23. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all these people shall also go to their place in peace. So, you know, you can debate this, whether he was supposed to do this or not. God didn't tell Jethro this. doesn't record it. It doesn't record if Moses was supposed to do this or not. God never acknowledges it either way in his word. Um, but I believe the principle that what Moses or Jethro says is correct. If God command thee so, and that's what we want to look at today. So we want to apply the same litmus test to look at the counsel we follow, not listen to, not hear, but follow 
from various people on a daily basis. So let's ask the question today. Think about the last, last counsel that you received. Has God commanded it, right? So we want to look at the source first of counsel. And so the first source that we see in God's word, obviously, is godly counsel. And that's the counsel we want to kind of follow. Uh, Isaiah 25.1 says, O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. So we know that this book contains truth. We know this is where we should receive our counsel, and it's what we should follow. We know that if we believe the Lord, right? But do we always follow it, right? Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. And I think that's kind of the crux of the matter when we, when we look at counsel. Sometimes we think, and we'll get more to this later, but we think about it to our pleasure, right? What's best for us. The problem is godly counsel is not necessarily what's always best human reasoning for us. Godly counsel is always going to be best what is for, the best for God. And we have to submit our authority to his. And we're going to see that as we go through. Psalm 33, 11, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Proverbs 19, 21, There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. And so his counsel will always stand. The, the counsel that you're going to get from me or the counsel you get from somebody, you know, whoever you text and message or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or, you know, whatever we're following today, that counsel is not going to stand. Uh, God's counsel will. So next we're going to look at ungodly counsel. And that's the next source. Ungodly counsel. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And when you go to that and you see this ungodly counsel, what's the progression that you see? First, a man is walking, right? He's walking, then he's standing, and then the next he's sitting. And what is he doing? He's He's criticizing, right? Uh, and that is the result of un ungodly counsel. When you if you find yourself in this spot and all you can do is be critical of anything that's going on here or in your job or anywhere else, then check and see where that counsel came from. And, where, and check the progression of where, where it started and where you are. And I think you're going to see the source of that, which ultimately goes to the next one, and that's Satan. And we know where this started, Genesis 3, if you look. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And I believe every problem that we have today starts with this statement. The devil, Satan, questions what God said. He planted that seed in, in Eve. And from now on, anytime God says something, did he really say that? Is that really what he said? Is that really what he wants me to do? And we, every time God will ask us that, we have to, or tell us to do something, we have to ask ourselves that question. Are we going to listen to him or are we going to listen to the Satan? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. Is that what God said? No. He didn't tell them not to touch it. He just told them not to eat of it. And that's the problem. If we don't know what God actually says about something, then it's op we're open to, to sin in our life. Uh, and the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, 
For God doth know that in his days ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So when you look at this counsel that Satan said, was he lying? No. Because that's what, exactly what happened. From that moment on, they knew what good and evil was, and God didn't intend for them to have that. Uh, and that's the problem. Satan will come at you with, the, with these half-truths and partial truths, uh, and then we don't know how to process that or deal with that when we don't do it biblically. John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might, that they might have it more abundantly. Satan doesn't want the best for you. Uh, anything that doesn't come from this is not the best. It has to be godly counsel. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And Satan has this world blinded. Look on the news. Go talk to somebody about Christ. You know, uh, we have to make sure that we have to lift that veil off for them and, and reveal, reveal the truth to them through the gospel. And then after Satan, then the next source that we see is evil men. I'm sorry to break this to you, but not everybody has your best interests at heart. Uh, just go talk to somebody on the street. Ask them for some advice. Uh, the stuff that we uh, partake of, you know, it's, it's, it's evil in its nature. Psalm 33.10, the Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. And God knows we've got plenty of devices. My device is over there. Uh, you've got your devices. Uh, there's no limit to, to the things that, we, that our minds can imagine. Uh, there's an update for the iPhone every, every two or three days. They keep updating it, and they keep, uh, they're about to incorporate AI into it. Uh, it's coming. You know. uh, and if you don't believe me, just look at the news. Uh, and when they do that, then I think we're already on the course of there's no stopping it. Psalm 2, 2, 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Jeremiah 17, 9. And this is kind of ultimately what it comes down to. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So your first key. Listening to the wrong counsel can have disastrous consequences. So just because somebody, you know, thinks they have a word for you, you always need to run it through Scripture. You need, always need to run it through the people that are, uh, you have confidence in uh, that know God's word and know how to apply it. Second Chronicles 22, 1 and 4. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, his, his youngest son, king in his stead. And the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all the eldest. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. He reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Your mother or your father would have you would counsel you wickedly? Yeah, if they're following wicked, wicked counsel themselves. Wherefore, he did evil in the sight of the Lord like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. And I love the book of Proverbs. I think it's um, applicable even now more than ever uh, in the society that we have today. And when you look at Proverbs 1 and then you look at Proverbs 5, you see uh, this wicked counsel. You, you see the temptation that it can hold uh, for us, particularly for young people. Uh, listen to me for a few minutes, if you will. Proverbs 1, 11 through 15. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. 
If they say, come with us, let us wait for blood, let us lurk privately for the innocent, innocent without cause, let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Casting thy lot among us, let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. And I can tell you this from personal experience. Every time I got in trouble, y'all, y'all look at me for a, few, for a second. Every time, every time I got in trouble when I was a kid, it was because I was hanging around, around people. Every time. Uh, my mom and dad, and I could tell, I could tell my mom and dad, like who I was going out with and I could see their countenance just fall by, cause they knew those people and they knew what I was probably going to be participating in. Um, and you know, sometimes they stopped me. Sometimes I worked my way around it. Um, but you are who you hang around with. That's free today. Parents, you're welcome. Uh, Proverbs five, three through five. Uh, this goes for our young adults and our young men and women. For the lips of a uh, young man, excuse me, for the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. For her, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death; her steps take hold on hell. So it is important who you date. It is important who you hang out with. It is important who you spend your time with, um, because if you hang around the wrong person, you can end up in in a world of hurt. James 1.15, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Jude 1.15, to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all, this is the end result of, all, of ungodliness and following ungodly counsel. To execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So the source of this is Satan, and it's ungodly. Uh, and so we need to be careful of that when we follow it. Next, we want to look at the substance. Not every count, and again, you're going to hear me say this over and over again, not everything, not all the advice that you're going to get is good advice. Not all the advice that you get is going to be, you know, in your best interest. Uh, and the, let's look at the substance. First, we want to look at pr- the word of, you know, the godly counsel, and it's precious. Psalm 139.17 how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. God only wants what's best for you. He does not, it would be, he would be a sick God if he created you, put you on this earth, and then wanted to punish you. He would be a sick God, but he's not. He's a good God. Psalm 45, Psalm, Psalm 40, verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. He only wants what's best for you today. He only wants what's best for me today. It's just a question of whether I'm going to submit to that. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And you know, God has an expected end for each one of us here. And he wants that expected end should be for us to spend eternity with him. If you're not saved today, that's not what God wants for you. That shouldn't be your expected end. Uh, God died. He sent his son, uh, bled his own blood that you might have eternal life. That's, that's the expected end he wants for each one of us today. And all we have to do is accept it. Uh, key, trusting that God really does know and want what is best for us, because he does, requires submission to his authority. 
you know, that's the problem that we have today is everybody, you know, wants to be chief. Everybody wants to be number one. Everybody wants to think that they know what's best for them personally. They want to think not only for them, they think they know what's best for everybody else. Just ask them, right? Uh, you know, there's no shortage of uh, commentary and no shortage of counsel that you can get. Uh, just go to the bookstore, get online. If you type, you know, do your go ogle and you just type in a topic, then you get all these little things that come out, right? And it'll tell you the best way to do this, whether it's the best way to build a fort, it's the best way to cook a potato, it's the best way, you know, whatever it is, uh, there's counsel for it, right? Um, but the problem is, is when, and that's fine for learning how to cook a potato without, you know, making it right or whatever. But when we take that and apply it to real life situations, how do I relate to my wife? How do I parent my kids? How do I deal with my boss? We take that same mentality and Go Ogle's not going to help you there, I can promise you. This is what's going to help you. And that's the only thing that's going to help you. Uh, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And we all said amen there, right? Praise the Lord. I don't want to be boss. I'm glad he is. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If, if, my brain, if this was as best as it's going to get, I'm sorry. I mean, we're done. I'm just letting you know. Uh, if, if I was in charge of anything. Um, and that's the problem that we see with our leaders. That's the problem, you know, Republican, Democrat, fill in the blank. They all think they know exactly what's best. And they want, none of them will listen to the other. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in. Uh, because they won't acknowledge that there's something and someone that's higher than they are. And if they cut us off, that's fine. So uh, Psalm 61, we'll still be here and we'll talk, amen? Psalm 61, two, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's where I want to be. I want to be on that rock with you. Amen? Amen. So, you know, we see godly counsel. We see that it's precious. And then we see that we have wicked counsel. Proverbs 12, 5. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. And we saw the source of that in Genesis 3. We saw, and you see kind of the evolution of that. There is no shortage of deceitful counsel that you can get. Uh, and again, you can just turn on the news. You can look around, you know, TikTok, fill in the blank, whatever it is. It's all wicked. Uh, Numbers 31.16, or Ezekiel 11.2, go there first. It says, Then said he unto me, Son of man, these are the men that devise mischief and give wicked counsel in this city. And if you don't think that that is going on in our governments today, then you're not paying attention. If you don't think that it's going on in some churches today, you're not paying attention. If you don't think it's going on in school, you're not paying attention. There is some wicked counsel by some wicked men and women that is going on on a daily basis. And we are all caught in the middle of that. And we can choose to participate in that or we can choose to not participate in it. Um, you know, my, the Word of God says that let God be true and every man a liar. And... And I think we see that today. So Numbers 31, 16. Behold, uh, if you remember the story of Balak and Balaam, remember uh, Balak was trying to get somebody to, to speak a word against Israel. Uh, and 
he even tried to get this prophet named Balaam to do it. And Balaam said, I, you know, he was a prophet for hire, but even he couldn't say anything. I'm just going to say what God told me to do. Uh, but he didn't stop there. He did go work, have a workaround because he wanted his money. And so he told him, hey, if you'll get them to, you know, eat food offered to idols and you'll have, get them to have relations with people, you know, with the ladies and that, uh, then you'll get them to commit a sin against God. And that's what he did. Uh, Behold, these calls the children of Israel through the council of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. And if I, I, I can't remember, I think there was 30-something thousand people that got killed uh, in that uh, plague. You know, y'all can correct my numbers later, but it was a lot. Um, and again, it's all because following wicked counsel. Um, it does lead to destruction. Next, let's talk about selection. And again, I, said, I mentioned this earlier. There's no shortage of counsel, man. Uh, again, just ask somebody. They'll tell you the best way to do everything. Um, you can Google it. You can you know, type in all the information that you need to get. And there's books at the bookstore. And even if it's supposedly religious, uh, everybody's got a commentary. Everybody's got a, uh, a thought of how to do whatever topic it may be. Uh, whether it's self-help books, and even in the in the realm of you know the mental things that go on, we have psychiatrists, we have psychologists. Uh, everybody's wanting to tell you the best way to do fill in the blank uh, without consulting this sometimes. So Proverbs one five, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. And that's the problem. Do we really have wisdom today? And we know where wisdom comes from, right? It comes from the fear of the Lord, right? And so if we don't fear the Lord, then we've missed the boat to begin with. We can hear all the different things. We can, you know, speak to we're blue in the face. But if we don't have a healthy fear of God Almighty, you've missed it. You will never be wise. You may be intelligent, you may have all the degrees behind your name. You may have, you know, fill in the blank, but you're not wise. You're not. Uh, wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. And it, inc- it comes from actually hearing when somebody gives good counsel uh, and tuning out when somebody gives bad counsel, right? Uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. I can remember when I was, again, we're going to get to the rebellious children here in just a second. God, I could not stand for my dad or my mom to, to catch me in something and, and start giving me advice about something. And I'm sitting there thinking, I know they're right, but I just can't admit it. You know, uh, none of you kids would ever do that, right? But man, it used to just burn me up that they still had knew more than I know. You know, and they still do. My dad still knows more than I know. And I'm, I'm able to admit that now. I wasn't then. Uh, I'm able to admit that my pastor knows more than I know. I'm able to admit that there's several people in this church that know more than I know. I'm okay with that. I don't have to know everything about every topic. That's why they're in my life. And that's some of the problem that we have today is we're not capable of committing that we don't know everything. You're not. Just go ahead and admit it now. You can write it down and then that way you can remind yourself that you don't know everything. That might be a good something good for you to do every day. 
Um, and the problem is because if we're, it says that a fool is right in his own eyes. A fool. And you're a fool if you think you're right all the time. Because you're not. Isaiah 31. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with the covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. So when we think that we're right in our own eyes, if you look back in Judges, you can turn there. There was no king in Israel, and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. You remember that saying, that theme that you kind of look at in Judges? That's where we are today as a culture, as a society. Everybody does what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. And that's why we are where we are. And we have rebellious children. Jeremiah 7, 24. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. Uh, when, you know, there's no shortage to the, when we start imagining our minds get to going, man, we can take ourselves to some scary places. Um, you know, even my kids are a great example. My, my boys, if they watch something that they, you know, that scares them, they can take that and run with that. And, you know, they're ending up in the bed with me, right? Or they're sitting, I'm sleeping on the couch with them. My wife is in the back. She'd say amen to that. You take that example as an adult. If we watch something we shouldn't have, if we do participate in something we shouldn't have, then the next thing you know, we're on the couch. Somebody's having to deal with that issue. Or we're just running down that path of combining, adding sin to sin, as it said in Isaiah 31. Um, Psalm 107:11. Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Proverbs 125. But you have set it not all my counsel with none of my reproof. Uh, 130. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. So if you as a believer today, and if you're not saved, then I pray that you do that before we leave. But I'm talking to the church right now. If you get godly counsel from whoever it is, it doesn't matter who the messenger is. It doesn't matter if it's thus saith the Lord. And you hear it and you despise it. It's not the counsel that's wrong. It's not the person that gave it to you that's wrong. It's you. And when I do that, it's me. If I choose to not accept correction, not accept reproof, then that's on me. I don't have anybody to blame but myself. Uh, key, a right response to correction from the Word of God is essential to spiritual growth. And obviously, the, the antithesis of that is what? If a wrong response to correction leads to no growth. It leads to you sitting exactly where you're sitting. Actually, it leads you to stepping backward. You're not moving forward in your walk with the Lord. You're stepping backward. It's not God that's moving. It's not God's word that's changing. It's us. You know, you know the it's not you, it's me thing. Anybody ever use that when they were dating? Right? You're right. You were right and you didn't even know it. You thought you were just trying to get out of something. It is me. Don't use 
hey, kids, don't, don't do that. That's, don't ever say that. That's just the worst thing you could say. So. But own it. You know. They'll appreciate that more. So. so, you know, we have to be receptive to correction from godly counsel. I don't understand. It took me a long time to get to this place, but when I actually started to love God's word, when I actually started to let it change me, and I was, I've been saved a long time, but that doesn't mean I was a follower of Jesus. doesn't mean I was a disciple. Until um, I actually got to that place, and hopefully you're in that place today, and I'm glad maybe it hasn't taken you 30 years to get there. And praise the Lord. Um, why do we not want to be more holy? Why do we not want to be more godly? What's wrong with that? Why would we not want to be as close to God as we could possibly be. Um, but the problem is we have to be willing to change. I, I did find a quote. Uh, I had to get some quote in here today, you know, from somebody that knows more about this than me. But it's from Fred Smith. He's a kind of guy that talks about leadership and things like that. Um, you are the way you are because that's the way you want to be. Think about that. If you really wanted to be any different, you would be in the process of changing right now. Did you hear that? We are all, wherever, wherever we're at in, in church today, you're in the exact place that you want to be. Whatever, you know, whatever area that you haven't improved in your life, whatever area I haven't improved on in my life, it's because I chose it. So church, if we're not on that path today, it's because we pick, we, we pick the path. It's not God's fault. It's not your pastor's fault. It's not your spouse's fault. It's not your children's fault. It's not anybody's fault but our own, wherever we are at today. Um, if you look at, uh, we've got some, yeah, Psalm 119.24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Do you delight in the counsel of the Lord? Or do we respond right Rehoboam did? 1 Kings 12.8. Rehoboam, he was a son of Solomon. He took the throne. He had an opportunity to do well. He had an opportunity to follow the Lord. He had two different groups that were going to counsel him. He had a group of old men, and he had a group of young men. The old men were telling him that they should, he should listen to the group that he was about to rule over. The young men were telling him, no, you need to lay, the, just put the hammer down on them. You need to be as hard on them as you can be. Uh, it says that he forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. So that's why it's important that you, the counsel that you're getting and the people that you listen to, are it's godly counsel. And, and uh, again, teenagers, man, listen to that. I get it's not cool. I remember it not being cool. But if you don't understand something, if there's something you're dealing with, that's what your parents are there for. You know, if they're godly parents, they only want what's best for you. They don't want to make, give you a hard time. They don't want to make it your life terrible. 
You know, they want what's best for you. Take that to them first. Run it. You know, Jay always talked about, I can remember when we, you know, were talking about kind of mentoring people. Run it upwards. Don't go horizontal. If you've got a problem, go to somebody that knows more than you do. Don't go to somebody that's just as dumb as you are. I mean, that makes no sense. You know? So I'm saying don't come to me. Go up higher. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. I shouldn't have said that. So. All right, last point, success. And you could also put safety. You could also put, also put security here. You can t- take any of those three that suits you better. So. You know, I think when you ultimately, when you look at counsel, when you look at the things, when you run it down this list that we've seen so far, there's always a good end and there's a bad outcome and there's a good outcome, right? And anytime there's ungodly counsel, when it's wicked, uh, when it doesn't have our best interest at heart, it's always going to come to naught. It's always going to be something that's going to hurt us. And so we want to look at godly counsel Excuse me, and the end result. Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It's okay to have different opinions about things. You know, we have a deacon's meeting, we try to every month, and we don't always agree on everything. Um, you know, we have a lot of good men that have been called into that office, but... We don't always have the same ideas about things, and it's okay to get different ideas. But ultimately, it's run up through this, and when it's thus saith the Lord, then that ends the discussion. And we all say, well, praise the Lord, that's what we're going to do. And so, you know, in your life, don't just go to the same person about everything. As a teenager... Your mom's going to have a perspective about certain things, depending on what the subject is. Your dad's going to have another perspective on it, depending on what the subject is. And so use both of those resources. That's what they're there for. If you have an older brother or a sister, uh, man, get some advice from them. I can remember when I I was out of church for a long time as a teenager. And I got back in church and, you know, rededicated my life to the Lord. And there was an old man there. His name was Pop Morton. This was a church I used to go to. And, you know, he kind of, he knew a little bit of my backstory and knew, you know, kind of some of the things that I'd been through. And every Sunday, I would come in, he would call me to the side and ask me how I'm doing. You know, and ask me just, just to sit. And I would sit there in the foyer and with him, and we'd just talk. And this guy, I mean, he was, at that time, golly, he was, he was well into his 80s. And I used to listen to him, and he, he knew my family, knew, you know, both sides of my family, knew them, kind of knew some of the, all their stories and things like that. And I, I used to listen to that counsel, and I would think, man, what a great resource that is. And for you young people in this church, there's some people sitting amongst you that are some great resources, if you will just listen. There's one, there's one sitting right there, Miss Josie. Uh, there's another one sitting right there. Brother Lyle and his wife, Ushi, Miss Gladys, man, you take your pick. I mean, they're, they're all, they're peppered around this church. No offense to salt and pepper. I didn't mean to say that, but I've got it myself. So, But just pull them aside and talk to them. They've been, had, they've been through some life. 
And, you know, they, they know some stuff, and I'm thankful for them. And, you know, get, get some different opinions. I mean, you haven't been through some of the things they've been through. They've been through some tough things, and they've lived to tell it, and they're still walking with the Lord, and that, that's valuable. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs 20, 18, every purpose is established by counsel, and with good advice, make war. And so it's, it's, there's safety in numbers. You know the saying, uh, just make sure it's all godly. Not, you know, filter that through the word of God. In Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You know, I hope that that's our, our thought. I hope that that's how we look at things. I hope that we don't have schisms or divisions in this body. I hope that we are knit in love, as it talks about in Colossians, that we're all looking. We want the same thing. I hope we do, and I pray that we do, uh, because God has called us all for a purpose. Uh, and so, you know, if we are in line with that, he's going to bless us, and he has blessed us. I don't know if you've looked around. You know, for those of us that have been here a few minutes, uh, you know, I've been here about 12, 11, 12 years. Some of you ladies have. You've been here a lot longer than that. We're growing. God's blessing, you know, and make sure that we're all kind of appreciative of that because it's not, not every church is growing. Not every church, God's not blessing every church because they're not doing things the way he wants them done. So let's, let's just be thankful for that. Amen? Amen. So the problem is that you can have counsel, and it's good, and, it, and it's, it's, it's valuable. But when you have no counsel, when there's no vision, when there's no, it's just chaos. Deuteronomy 30, 32, 28 says, For they are a nation void of counsel, Neither is there any understanding in them. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that we have pastors and leaders uh, that we can get for counseling, that we have, you know, some experienced people in this church that we can get counsel from. Not everybody has that luxury. Not everybody has that. And the problem is, and when they do have it, it's just whether we're going to listen to it or not, right? Um, that's the thing. I give my son and, you know, give my children a lot of wise counsel. Maybe, sometimes. But they don't always listen to it. You know, I received a lot growing up. I didn't always listen to it. So people in this church, man, if when we receive it, take it to heart. Apply it to your life. We got a pastor again. I mentioned it last week, man. Every Sunday, you're just getting like just nuggets every Sunday. Don't waste that. That's good counsel. Uh, and I, you know, I'll say that because he's gone, but, you know, so I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for the, you know, what he's poured into me and you guys should be thankful for that too. Uh, first Samuel three, one, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. You know, we live in a time when this is precious and, you know, thankfully we have still have access to this. There's going to be a time when. We won't have access to it. It'll be harder. There's people in different countries that they're meeting, uh, you know, in secret. Uh, there's no open vision. They're the ones that are really kind of hammering it out. And it may be, you know, if we stay here, it may be us. 
Uh, hopefully we understand that this is precious what we have. Um, hopefully we understand that while there's still an open vision, while God's still speaking, uh, we're taking advantage of that. The problem was, and we see this in the life of Saul, um, because of his rebellion and because of uh, his rejection of God, uh, then that time of God speaking to him stopped. If you look at 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as an iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And so when somebody stands in this pulpit or when somebody talks to you and, and gives you godly counsel and you reject it, there's always a consequence for that. You may think, well, I'm just not going to do that and then think you're going to go on about your day and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Well, you know, there's always a consequence for it. First Samuel 14, 37. Saul asked counsel of God, shall I go down after the Philistines? Would thou deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he answered him not that day. 1 Samuel 28, 6. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams nor by Urim nor by prophets. And so what's the takeaway from that? Uh, key, a clean heart and humble spirit are required to hear from the Lord. So if you're not hearing from the Lord... You ever stop to ask yourself why? I can tell you exactly why. Because I've lived it. Anytime I rejected his word, anytime I refused to hear from his word, anytime I thought that I knew what was best, guess what? No vision, no word from the Lord, no direction. And so if you wonder why, you know, your prayers aren't answered. If you wonder why your life still stinks, you know, the problem is that sometimes we approach God with no humility. You know, we come to him like it's Burger King, right? We're going to have it. I want to talk to you, but you're going to talk. It's my way or the highway. Don't we? I mean, we take this, and we, we hear from it, but eh, let's just take out the parts that I like. You know, I'm going to do church my way. I'm going to do my walk with the Lord my way. And God doesn't work that way. He doesn't. You know, the only time that we're going to ever hear from him, the only time that he's going to speak to us is when we approach him in the proper fashion. Um, you know, my dad, I can remember growing up and there was a way that I approached my dad. I didn't just speak to him just any way I wanted to. There was a, there was a way that I said, uh, sir, you know, can I ask you a question? I didn't go up to him and, hey brother, how you doing? You know, can you talk to me about something? That's just not, that's, and so the problem is we approach God that way that we're on the same level with him. We're not. He knows it. So why don't we know it? Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if you're not hearing from the Lord, 
Is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Is there things that you're participating in that, you know, you shouldn't be participating in? That's where I'd start. Start there, you know. Come to him with humility and break down before the Lord and actually talk about the things in your life and admit that you don't know everything. He already knows it. You know, what we fail to, re- to realize is that we continue to approach God, and we're going to close here in just a second. Sorry I didn't get you out here quickly. So, If, we're gonna, if we continue to approach God in the fashion that when we do that, if we approach him like we know best, and, you know, guess what? He's going to give you exactly what you asked for. And you would think, oh, God, God wouldn't do that to me. You know, um, to quote the great prophet, Garth Brooks, uh, God's greatest gift are what? Unanswered prayers. Y'all remember that one, right? Jay was here. I didn't make him come and sing it. He's the, he's the closet Garth Brooks fan in the church, if you didn't know that. Um, but thank God, man, there's some things that I've asked for that, man, thank God he didn't give me. But the problem is, man, if we keep coming to him asking for the wrong things in the wrong fashion, with the wrong motivation, he might actually answer them that way. Look at Ezekiel 14, 1, 4. We're going to close here. Ezekiel 14, 1 through 4. Then came certain of the elders of Israel unto me and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of at all by them? So these guys were coming to Ezekiel wanting to say, Hey, man, have you got a word from the Lord? And Ezekiel's talking to God, well, what do you want me to do here? Listen to this, verse 4. Therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that setteth up idols in his heart and putteth a stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and cometh to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. So eventually, if you look at Romans uh, chapter 1, he will turn you over to a reprobate mind. If you keep coming to him the wrong way, if you keep rejecting the truth of his word, then guess what? He will give you exactly what you want. And you, and you will just be stuck in it um, because you've come to him in the wrong fashion. And I worry about that today, especially if you look again on the news, if you look at where our society is going. If we're going to be different, if we're going to look not like the world, if we're going to look like... Uh, what God has called us to be, then we can't, there's some things that we just cannot participate in. Young people, there's some things that you should not be participating in. Middle-aged people, there's some things that you shouldn't be participating in. Old people, there's some things you shouldn't be participating in. Cody, there's some things that I shouldn't be participating in. And if we're going to participate in those, then don't expect to hear from the Lord. And it's, it's really that simple. And I wish... You know, I'd like to close on some good news, but that's where we are today. We have to be humble. We have to approach him with humility if we want to hear the good, godly counsel. So let's close. You know, I would ask you to just close your eyes. Uh, We won't have a song today, but I do want you to do business with God today. So uh, let's take some personal inventory. You know, for for those of us in the room that aren't saved, the the most important counsel I could give you... uh, Again, none of, none of what I said makes any, makes any difference if you, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. Truth is, you know, we were all sinners in need of a Savior. Christ paid for our sin. 
on the cross of Calvary. He rose on the third day according to the scriptures. And the word of God says if we believe with our heart and confess that he is Lord, we shall be saved. You can do that today. You can do that right now in your seat. It's just very simple. It's just admitting that you're a sinner, you're in need of a savior. Uh, that you've broken God's heart and you've broken his law. Uh, and that you want to admit and, and confess that he's Lord of your life. And that you, you believe what he did on the cross and believe that he rose. If you do that, the word of God says you shall be saved. And man, that's the best counsel I could give anybody here today. But church for us, you know, what are we listening to on a daily basis? What kind of counsel are we receiving? You know, will we say it's scriptural or will we, would it say it's more worldly and sensual? You know, are we open to reproof from God's word? Do we think that somehow that doesn't apply to us? You know, perhaps we need to do business here in this altar uh, with the Lord and commit to change some of our behaviors. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you. Uh, man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that, uh, you know, the counsel that I can receive is godly counsel, the counsel that you've given me through your word. Uh, you've given me the mind of Christ, it says in Philippians, with the, with the word of God. And I'm thankful for it. I value it. I treasure it. Uh, it is the thing that is going to sustain me. It is the thing that's going to... Um, get me through this life in a way that's pleasing to you. And I pray that each one person here has that same attitude today. I pray that, you know, we approach it in the same way, that we approach it humbly, that we approach it with humility, that we approach it with uh, just the reverence that it is and for what it is in our lives, dear God. I pray that today, you know, if there's somebody that's not saved, I pray they'd come see me after service. I pray that, uh, you know, I can show them how to get saved through your word. Uh, again, that's, that's the best thing that can happen for anybody here today. We would all rejoice in that, dear God. I do pray for the rest of the church. I pray for each person here that we take advantage of the counsel that we've been given, that we tune out the things of this world, that we tune out the ungodly counsel and the wicked counsel that we are bombarded with, uh, that we would seek truth, and when we find it, that we would hold on to it dearly. Uh, that we would be just like Samuel, that we wouldn't let any of those words fall to the ground. We would, that it would be precious in our eyes, dear God. I pray that, uh, you know, maybe we're in the place where we need counsel. And praise God, we've got some people that, that, can, that can give that counsel uh, here today. I pray that, uh, you know, if we need that in our lives, that we wouldn't be, um, think too, more, too much of ourselves, that we would just seek that out, that we would say, hey, I need some help. You know, could you help me? Could you walk through this with me? Uh, whether it's our discipler or whether it's one of the pastors or deacons or, uh, you know, one of the uh, just ladies that we have in this church that have been through some life, I pray that if we need help that we, we would be willing to admit it and we would seek it out. Uh, and when we get asked, I pray that it's godly counsel that we give, uh, that it's not our opinion, it's not what we think is best, it's from thus saith the Lord. Lord, I love you. I'm thankful for everything that you do for us. I'm thankful for your word. I pray that it doesn't return void, uh, that, it would have free, that it's had free course in this place, and we take and apply it uh, to a lost and dying world. And all these things we ask in Christ's precious name. Amen. God.